everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. And today we are covering the classic Hellraiser. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This continues our summer of surprise, where we let a wheel tell us what to cover. Oh, the wheel made right? us do it. Listen, the wheel did this. The wheel decided we are just pawns in the wheel of life. <laughs> wheel of oh. fortune. <laughs> All right, y'all. We love horror. We uh, like this movie. Listen, I just wanna, I just wanna go ahead and say up top, this is our second Clive Barker we've covered on this podcast, and it's better than Rawhead Rex. Just gonna say it. Rawhead, Sheree, Rawhead. He had, he had some charm. Okay, he, he had a charm to him <laughs> that Pinhead also kind of has, but in we a like less chaotic in this Clive way. Barker universe, don't we? Like. <laughs> Mr. Parker, <laughs> explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> or you know what? I have a name for all of the what are they called? Cinnabites. Cinnabites. So you've got Pinhead, of course. Mm-hmm. Then you got Vagina Nick. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> then you no. have uh, Chad. He's the he's the the bigger one that that like follows him around. His name is Chad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, Semen Scorpion. That's the one that busts through the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh I don't know what I called the one with the the it looks like he's playing that game where it spreads your teeth apart. Oh the dentist. Be, ew. We'll call him the dentist. <laughs> oh no, no, don't call them those things. Oh I Vagina I Neck is my favorite though. <laughs> never again. No, shut it down. Shut it board it up. <laughs> Uh, Cleans the podcast. Vagina Neck and Rawhead are best friends. Oh, 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 oh. I, I never want that spinoff. I never want that sequel. That's a thirty-minute sitcom for you. <laughs> Close it down. Um, while while we're talking about this um, motley crew of <laughs> demonic cinnabites. <laughs> I just, I, I also want to just go on record as saying as a kid, I did not pick up on how sexual this was, but these demons are showing up in like leather clad outfits. Um, <laughs> very BDSM. Very, and they're trying to show up bitch new heights. And I'm just like, how did people's parents let us watch this? <laughs> well, even Frank says they show, when he was in there, they showed him equal parts pleasure and, play, and pain. Listen, listen. And as a kid, I did not pick up on this, which is weird because I was homeschooled, so I was all about dirty shit. But I was like, oh, yeah, the Cinnabites are coming to collect this bitch. I wasn't like, is this kink? Is this <laughs> is this fetish culture? Well, and, and really, this whole movie is steeped in in, in sex, essentially. Because, I mean, that's, whole, that's Frank and Julia's whole relationship. Mm-hmm. That's Frank and how he... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, sexualizes Christy. Towards the end, how Kirsty, I just it, it uh, ugh. like it it's was all sex. 
It was all sex. It was all sex. Like these demons showed up literally in leather outfits, like a sexy basketball game. Um, and I was like, what is happening? And they're like, we're going to show you great heights, bitch. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and she was like, yes, demons. Yes, get it, get it, get it. And I was like, oh, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, let, and let's just talk about this for a second. The gore in this movie starts at a 10 and just never lets up. It never it never, go, never lets you off. Did like, you show up with no skin? I <laughs> did laugh a little bit though when the face mask they rip his face apart and like they think that like the eyes are just painted. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> and the mouth and the, like what? <laughs> Do you not know how faces work. Do you no. know? It was the eighties. Nobody knew science. <laughs> and it's eighty seven. Nobody knew. And as he, and then with that body reassembling scene, I to this day I literally have to watch it like this, like through my hands. I can't. It's so gross. I, I don't know because, like, okay, so we are sitting um, at the eve of two new Hellraiser properties. One is a show. One is a movie. One has the Queen Jamie Clayton, and I'm love excited. Them. Love her. Love her. Love her. Um, and I. I, I've seen her in Sense Eight. I've seen her in like the new L Word because again, like most of my she's, friends. She's in Star Trek now too. I'm gonna end up watching Star Trek because Keila Cooper and Brian Fuller are there. I don't want to do Star Trek. I have a history with Star Trek, but like too many people I love are there, so I'm gonna have to do it. And I'm just gonna have to get drunk and get on Twitter about it and just have it out. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 after watching this again, I'm excited to see what we're about to get with these two new ones. Because, again, this was in the 80s, and so it was a very repressed society that thought they were being not repressed. <laughs> um, and so I'm excited for us to go, like, full on and be like, yeah, these leather-bound bitches is here to show you some heights, Julie. Get it. <laughs> Hop on. Well, um, and, I, and I think that was kind of, you know, uh, Clive Davis, or not Clive Davis. But damn, Trent. What? <laughs> You've been listening to a lot of R&B lately? Clive <laughs> <laughs> Barker. Uh, that's kind of what he was... The, the point was, is to show like how repressed the society was. Because like, the, Julia is fucking her brother-in-law. <laughs> listen. Listen. Just, it was... And then fucking it when he didn't have skin. I was just like, girl, you must... You got... You need... You got needs. That ain't being bad. Look, listen, I, I think that we have all been into somebody and we have all been willing to do a little bit of things that we wouldn't normally do. But I need a bitch to have skin. I need him to have skin. <laughs> not um, so slimy. Listen, I've, I've had to put up with maybe not having a job. I've had to put up with maybe <laughs> not having a moral compass. But you got to have skin. Right. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I get it. I get it. Before he was skinless, he was hot. Frank is hot. Don't get me wrong. I Like, okay, when he was alive and he fucked your brother-in-law... You know, he was hot. We've all but fucked now a brother-in-law. <laughs> like, who's not been there, girl? She but now shame. he's slimy <laughs> and sliming all over everything. And I was just like, I talk to me when you got skin. I'm just like, you wear a lot of white blouses, Julie, and he ain't got no skin. What is your dry cleaning bill? <laughs> what happens to your sheets? How are you explain these stains to your husband? Your husband's like, um, these face prints. Like, who who this? Who what happened? 
happening in my bed. <laughs> new, 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 new skin, who this? Uh, <laughs> no, but she out there getting it up in the attic with this like skinless man. And I'm like, Julie, <laughs> I need you to get a hobby, do a Sudoku. I don't know what to do about the right. 80s. <laughs> but I will say that Julia, Claire Higgins as Julia and Sean Chapman as Frank are perfectly cast. They like iconically cast in these two roles. I couldn't think of anybody else that could pull that off. I thought they were perfect. I, I think the acting was fine. I was distracted by the hair because everybody was teased and feathered to the gods. It's the 80s, girl. <laughs> listen, listen. The hair was everywhere. I was like, who is Pinhead? Because everybody's hair is sticking around. And so like, I was like, oh, there he is. I see him. Look. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, speaking of the 80s, I was living for Kirsty's first uh, costume with the white polo tee. And the, and the belt over the polo tee. And I was like, yes, girl, I love it. <laughs> Bring the 80s back. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm here for Kirsty. Um, I think that she she is the reason I, I'm here for this movie. Because, I mean, so I didn't remember this as a child. I watched it last year for the first time as an adult. Um, and then I watched it this year for this. But I thought the Cenobites were more involved because, like, we're here for the Cenobites. I'm not here to see people's, like, relationships fall apart. I don't care. That's Maureen Povich. Um, I'm here to see some Cenobites beat some people up, kick some asses. And so the Cenobites have, like, maybe all of seven minutes total, and that's probably too generous. And I was like, mm-hmm. um... But, like, Kirstie, Kirstie is carrying the movie because she's like, something's not right with Julia. <laughs> I'm gonna grab this box and see what happens real quick. And I'm here for that, bitch. Yeah, I so I had an interesting journey with Miss Kirstie as I watched this movie. So at, at the hour mark, I made this note. I said, even though I understand why, I wish we could have spent more time with with Kirstie uh, before in the in the early parts of the film because I liked her, but she just didn't get a ton of of screen time because we were focused on Julia and Frank, which I understand why we have to do that. But then at that hour mark is when Julia really kicks in. In that last like 30, 40 minutes is when she is like balls to the wall. I'm carrying the story. I am doing the work. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm on board now. And you, she's, she has now made it into one of my top final girls for sure. I'm going to say something controversial, but it's a compliment. So stay with me. Um, we know Clive Barker liked to write the short stories and things. And this movie feels like a short story that was adapted and we didn't think about how we should format it for film. Because again, we don't get her for real until like the second half of the movie. I mean, we get glimpses of her and we get a couple of cool lines and things. But like, we spend a lot of time with this couple and then this couple sort of becomes side pieces. (laughs) And I think that when you have a novel, you can do this sort of thing and then be like, shift it. But when you're watching it in a film, you're like, who am I following? I'm drunk. Can you help me out? Give me a sign. Right. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think that, um, yeah, I didn't know whose story it was until the end. In the end, it is clear that it's Kirstie's story. Or is it? I don't know. Or is it Julia's story? Because Julia, I don't know. Kirstie's clearly the final girl, but, you know. (laughs) I think I think Julia is our antagonist and Kirstie is definitely our protagonist, but we don't get enough of her up top. 
So we're like, what is happening? But they should both be ascending as the movie goes. And so when they like have their like battle, we're involved and we didn't really get that. And I'm not saying that this is a shit movie. I'm not saying no. that. So don't be in my DMs. I'm just saying that structurally, we could have done some things differently. I understand the 80s, you could show up with a hairpiece and a blouse and people would fall out and it would be a good time. <laughs> I'm not taking it away. I'm not taking it away. It's still there. We can still revisit. We can still rewatch. It's a good time. But I'm just saying that, like, when you look at it on paper, it's like, um, we got a couple problems. Yeah, I feel like we, we could have gone cut one of Julia's kills. We see three of her kills. And I don't know that we necessarily needed to see all three of them to understand what's happening. I cut and, on very early on. She's fucking up in the attic with dudes right. to get people to Frank. Exactly. And I think we could have cut one of them to give Kirsty a scene or two where she's meeting, or maybe she's having drinks with a friend or her boy because she's clearly got a boyfriend that we hardly know anything about and maybe she has a scene with him where she's like yeah my stepmom is real weird but we don't get along or like i don't know i would have preferred her and the dad have an actual conversation about the stepmom because Mm -hmm. we get whispers and hints like Lacroix or bubbly but we don't get a full-on julia makes me uncomfortable because she's a bitch um Or Julia's gotten bitchier. Have you noticed? We don't get that. And so when she's back, she's like, my dad. It's unearned. Because she's all like, I'm not even with my dad. Show me this freak body. And I'm like, why are you invested? You've been to this house twice. Yeah. And And how did she not know that was Frank? With with the face mask on. With the face mask and the blood around the head. And I'm just like, you don't have any questions, concerns, comments. You're just like, my daddy bleeds from the foyer sometimes. That's fine. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like he's just around the just around the hairline, you know, right? And he's even talking to her differently, and he's acting differently because this actor is a different character because he's possessed by a skinless Frank, and so he's he is serving a different person. Right. And she's like, "Daddy," and he's like, "I took care of Frank. Don't worry about it. I'm a new bitch." Ha, 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 ha. And I'm like, "He's clearly evil and bleeding from the forehead." I need you to use your eyes, Kirsty. I know you're smarter than this. I just saw you overcome a bunch of things real quick. I mean, need you to look him in the forehead and be like, you are not my father. Maury Povich says, you are not my father. <laughs> oh, yes. But let's talk about the, the father at one point. When he scrapes his hand on that nail, uh, which I thought was really interesting, having that cut between Julia's flashback to her sex with Frank and his, <laughs> and his like, Maybe it's going to happen. Maybe it's going to happen. I was like, I see what you're doing here, Clyde Parker. Um, mm. But then, but he scraped his this He must have been on blood thinners. Because that man <laughs> bled like three quarts of blood. I'm surprised it didn't bleed out by the time he got up to the attic. <laughs> just like blood everywhere. And I'm just like, good. That was just a hand scratch. Could you Listen. imagine if it was like <laughs> anywhere else? Listen, I I just did not know what to do. Um, this was such a bloody movie, and I I I love a bloody movie, but everybody was gross and slimy. I think this and the first Alien are the two movies where I'm just like, what was your lube budget? <laughs> like, True. who was like, we need fifteen thousand set aside just for KY, <laughs> just for the KY. Everything else is gonna be some money, money too, but we need to have that before we go further. We can't even negotiate without that. Can we get 15 just for the KY? <laughs> yes. I mean, that, that's just for Frank, much less the sex scenes. 
Frank was so slimy. I he just I felt like my TV has a trail of Vaseline where his face was. <laughs> like, I'm just like this is disgusting. <laughs> I want to wash my hands talking about him. Like <laughs> I was like, so if you scan him, human, do we are we all really that slimy? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like I, if I cut my heart, my head, I don't feel like slime comes out. No. Like, it was very, like, Nickelodeon 90s <laughs> ooze. <laughs> it's like, Frank, what was your cholesterol? I, I'm concerned about mine now. <laughs> I'm going to uh, eat less eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, that scene, and this made me laugh. I was proud of myself with this note. That scene where Christy's sneaking in, it seems like she's a little drunk, maybe, but she's been hanging out with her boyfriend. Towards the beginning of the movie, I said, Christy sneaking in drunk. Uh, it's like me trying to come home and not wake up the roommates after hanging out with Sheree in college. <laughs> <laughs> those were the days. <laughs> Remember those days? I had rights. Some of them, not all of them, but not I had some. You had one or two, you know. And I want them back because I was all like, I could have more rights and then I have no rights. And I'm like, you know what? I'll stop being a little bitch. <laughs> Give me those two back. <laughs> Give me those two back. And I won't ask for more for at least two days. <laughs> right. Because uh, yeah, you like hugging the walls and like trying to stay upright by like not trying. <laughs> I said, don't wake up Kayla. Don't wake up Kayla. Don't wake up Kayla. <laughs> Listen, Kayla's super annoying. <laughs> I, I think that. Because I didn't finish this thought earlier because I've been drinking salads. Um, but <laughs> I think that Julie is the real villain. I mean, the Cenobites want to be the villains, but Julie, she came around to murdering people awful fast. <laughs> she was like, you asked for what, Frank? Okay. And I was like, you don't need any convincing. You don't need a you don't need a conversation. You're just like, I got to kill some bitches for Frank. Okay, let's go. Frank must have had a real good dick. That's all I know. This, that was probably the best dick of her life. Because literally, she remembers, and she remembers it well. And she's like, I can get that back and we kill people. Let's go. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, literally, he shows up, and she leaped on him like, I do cheesecake. <laughs> and I was like, you, madam, you you know you married with stepkid, right? You can't just be out here fucking people's brothers in the bedroom. You got you to gotta be discreet. Like, well... <laughs> He's already lubed up, ready to go, though, Shrek. Listen, listen, he's a lube man. <laughs> That's what he was selling in hell. He was selling lube. <laughs> um, I, I also live for a villain with a wardrobe that's hella dramatic. Like, she was dressed like a Disney villain the whole movie. <laughs> and I'm like, you are fucking around in a half-renovated house. Why are you in this, like, white blouse number? Right? She knew that man was slimy and bloody. Like, why the hell are you wearing white? Right? She's dressed like a Celine Dion video, running around a, wall, a house with half the walls up. And I'm like, um, madam, you, you've run around with slimy Frank. Like, <laughs> you got a KY commercial in your attic. Why are you right. wearing darker clothes? <laughs> and you murdering people, too. What is, what is, what is the dry cleaning bill in this house? I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> the dad never suspects anything. But no. He's also, it's just kind of clueless this entire movie. Yeah. Like, if Frank hadn't killed him, he wasn't going to last anyways. So that's why I wasn't sad when he went. <laughs> like, no. I think Christy was the only one that was sad that that man died. I was like, he doesn't have long for this world. He's too precious. Um, <laughs> let's get him out of here for his own good. <laughs> 
Because you you're on blood thinner. See, you don't bleed out real quick. So listen, <laughs> just nick his hand. It'll be dead in two seconds. After right? bled out. You would think Julia would have been like, I'll just cut him. Um, but she was like, no, we need to protect him. I'm like, Julia, you, you do you like this man? Because you you fucked his brother a couple times. You are killing people to get the brother back. So you can continue fucking the brother. <laughs> you seem to hate his daughter. Um, <laughs> what is your relationship with this dude? Like, because you're like, don't kill him, don't hurt him. And I'm like, but why do you care? You're you're a Disney villain now, bitch. Right. Own it. You're Ursula. Oh, you're not and- Ursula. You're you're <laughs> magnificent. What is that bitch's name? Angelina Jolie. Maleficent. Maleficent. Yeah, she's that bitch. <laughs> I said malignant, and I don't know who that is. It's malignant with maleficent. It's malignant <laughs> maleficent. It's it's, uh... it's Gabriel as a Disney princess. Um, <laughs> malignant. <laughs> I don't oh. Disney. If y'all don't notice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then oh, and then she doesn't try to save him until he's like trying to have sex with her. And little slimy dude comes out the closet. <laughs> Let's unpack that sex scene because it's um, one of my notes. Um, so her and her actual husband are trying to have sex. So she's like, I'm going to distract him with my badge. Because um, like I've accepted everybody but my husband in this movie. So like, let's try that. Let's that feels. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Do you. If you're feeling it, feeling it. Um, but Frank, skinless ass, come out the closet, <laughs> which... That's a whole lot to unpack. In the closet. <laughs> Listen, there's a whole lot to unpack with skinless Frank coming out the closet with weapons. <laughs> we tried to do this podcast in an hour, so maybe we won't unpack that today. <laughs> um, but like while her husband is on her, she's like, no, stop. I can't bear it. Please, no. And the husband's like, I'm in this nipple. And I'm like, um, I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of <laughs> Aggressive nose coming from her. Should we not look up and be like, what happened? <laughs> she okay? Listen, I can't bear it. Please, no. That does not make me feel wanted um, as a person. No. <laughs> if Just somebody, not. if I was on top of somebody, look, I can't bear it. Please, no. I'd be like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm putting my clothes back on. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> You're paying for this lift. Look. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fuck your shit up on the way out. Listen, like, because I mean, it's one thing to be like, I don't want this anymore. But she was like, I can't bear it. Please, no, stop. And I was like, that's dramatic for please stop. <laughs> and so I'm gonna do the please stop. Like, I know that she's a villain, but still consent. And so I, I'm like, maybe Slimy Frank needs to go ahead and take him out. And when he finally does stop after five minutes of her being like, please, I can't bear it. I can't bear it. Please, no, stop. He's like, What's wrong with you? You're so hot and you're so cold. And I'm like, good sir. You was nuzzling that blouse and that boob for like 30 minutes. And she was, I can't bear it the whole fucking time. So like the fact you got an attitude all of a sudden and what she's been saying, hey, hold. <laughs> and what but why did Frank cut open that rat over them? Like that was weird. Like, why are you gotta be cutting up rats? It didn't do nothing to you. Frank and these damn rats, because he cut up on so many fucking rats. So many fucking rats. Um, but that one was the one that really got to me because, again, like, she was about to bust it open to distract her husband, and Frank comes out the closet with a rat and weapons. And again, we didn't pack Frank in his closet with everything he had in that closet. <laughs> On a later episode. Because, like, that's not going to be done in an hour. Let's just, let's own that. We let's need to give it. Frank in the Closet a special episode coming to Fear Street soon. Um, <laughs> but, like, 
He's like, I'm gonna just sell this bread and have. Um, and she's like, please, no. And the husband's like, boobs. I have not seen her boobs in forever. And I'm just like, why are, what is happening? Am I drunk? Am I, what did I take today? <laughs> uh, yes, I, yeah, that whole scene was some kind of something. Another gross ass fucking scene, because we did not give this one credit yet, because we were talking about lubed people who don't have skin and dead rats. Another scene that bothered me was the man eating the buzz and the buzz eating caught in his beard at the store where Christie works. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and then the one he later turns into a dragon, skeleton dragon. Right, and I'm like, are we all high in this movie? I, some, they all some. Everybody's on something because, like, I don't understand. I don't understand. I do not understand. I, th- I do I not understand. understand. I, I don't understand. Um, <laughs> no, because he's just like burying these bugs into his face, and they're getting caught in his like raggedy beard. And when he said dragon later, I'm like, of course you said dragon. Nothing else is making sense. Like, is right. anybody a dragon? Look, I'm waiting for people to morph. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, everybody, everybody's a dragon. Everybody's a, a skeleton, skeleton dragon. <laughs> um, I, I, I do want to give credit um to Kirsty's dad because <laughs> there's an exchange with the people who are moving them into this house. Um. Why can't I find the dad's name in these notes or this cast list? I am the literalist. Uh, it is Larry. Oh yeah, there he is. Andrew Robinson playing Larry. Yeah. Um, that is a old school headshot, Mr. Robinson. I see you. I see you, born in 42, you classy old man. Um <laughs> but he has an exchange. Oh, but Listen, listen. He has an exchange with the people moving in the mattress because Kushi shows up, and of course, the two dudes moving in their mattress is like, we're pervs. Like some of this young girl. Um, and like after he got talked to his daughter, like the pervy old man moving the mattress, who've been moving his mattress for like two hours now. And I'm like, what are you paying them by the hour? Because like <laughs> you need to investigate what what they're not working. But they're like, she gets her looks from her mother, I see. And <laughs> Mr. Robinson, aka Larry, is like, her mother's dead. And I'm like, what movie are we stepped into? <laughs> what movie is this? What right. has happened? <laughs> it's my favorite exchange because it's so out of pocket and it, it makes no sense for his character. Her mother's dead. And I was like, oh, you could Right. You Suddenly he cares about her mother. <laughs> <laughs> That's you're on the Julia train now, huh? Right. I just I love that moment and I just I need that I need that as like a ringtone. Um when people call I'm just like my mother's dead because <laughs> it comes out of nowhere <laughs> the way it says it. <laughs> and the way it says it just it it's in me. I had to pause and collect myself. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. This movie. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Oh. Uh Another thing I questioned is when Kirstie wakes up in the hospital, it is a dark, <laughs> dirty hospital. And I wonder if nobody paid the fucking light bill in the weird hospital. It's very keeps... dark. Why do horror movies think nobody works in hospitals? I have nobody. friends who are nurses, and I know people work in hospitals. <laughs> I can prove it. <laughs> yeah, and it never really explains why she ended up like, she, did she just pass out? Is that what happened? She ran so hard in her denims that, like, she just fainted. She was like, it's too much. The denim burn is ticking me out. 
covered in Frank slime. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> my salad tried to come up. Don't say that about him. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I want to see the rest of them. I've only seen this first one. I know Jazz and Girl That's Scary warned me that some of them become police procedurals, so I want to stop before we get there. Yeah, I want to say because I've seen some of them. I want to say it's not to like the later ones that it really becomes a police procedure, which is weird because it doesn't really fit the, I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen it. I think, again, because of the era that these came out, because this one's 87, so the other ones were definitely like late 80s and early to mid 90s. I don't think we had any in the late 90s, but also I'm not Googled, so I could be completely wrong. But I think that because it was such a conservative time, even though they thought they were being liberated. Um, they always think they're doing the right thing and then it's not the right thing five years later. Um, right. And so I think that it's very easy for them to be like, we're going to make it a sexy police procedure with these little bound daddies. Yeah. And it's like, no, you can't. I don't find the cops sexy because the cops are out here doing the crimes. And so I just, yeah. Well, and I think too, it was, um, it came out in the 90s. And so, you know, the 90s, for some reason, we were all like, apparently we loved police procedurals. I don't understand that slander because we had that's when like the CSIs and things started popping up. It's like the 90s, early aughts. Mm. And all of a sudden, like CBS became nothing but cop shows and how much your mother. <laughs> it's true. And I was like, um, okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get it. Um, and I also don't understand what Pinhead and the cops could be doing together because, like, <laughs> I mean, he's torturing people, but he's doing it for sexy reasons. And the cops torturing people for racist reasons. So. <laughs> very, very different options here. Very you know? different energies. Very different energies. <laughs> and I yeah. also wonder how many of them Clive Barker was along for, as opposed to how many the studio just made because they could. I think he does the first two. So that explains how the cops come in later. Yeah. Because he doesn't seem like a cop-heavy person. I mean, I don't know him, so maybe he's like, I was a cop, my dad was a cop, fuck you, bitch. Um, <laughs> but he does not seem like a, let me insert some cops, because he's all like sexy times, bonded. Sexy times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what's it look like if a pinhead puts on a tight leather outfit and then hits a bitch? Like, uh, and So that just does not feel like cop energy to me. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, because I'm pretty sure... He directed this one, and I think he directed two. But then past that, I don't think he's involved. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. I see you, Mr. Parker. Thank you for getting out when you got out. I'm sorry they did this without you. Um. <laughs> All right, no, he didn't do the second one. So he just but he just did the first one. I, I'm sorry. Um, I hit Google because um, I was getting out of the cast page and the first question people ask, what's the point of Hellraiser? <laughs> to show you greater heights. Right? He's got greater heights to show you, bitch. Um, <laughs> I just, sometimes Google sends me um, and that's all I know about that. <laughs> but I do need to read The Hellbound Heart because I, I've not actually read any Clive Barker, which is a travesty because I, I'm usually fucking with him. I'm usually fucking with him, even if sometimes it's a little bit misguided or it got misguided because of the era. Um, and plus he's like an English writer and who doesn't love an English writer? Me. Right. 
This review that I'm gonna read the title of this one review on IMDb. It said, "It ain't supposed to be Macbeth here, folks." <laughs> I want that on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> I want that on my fucking tombstone. <laughs> um, that makes me happy. That's that's the name. That's the name of this episode. I don't give a shit. Um, I will make it work. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be Macbeth here, folks. It's supposed to be Macbeth here, folks. Um, I can see that happening with a cigarette in hand. Uh, <laughs> okay, so according to Wikipedia, which again is Wikipedia, so maybe, maybe not. Um, Clive Barker directed and wrote this first one. He produced and wrote the second. And then he produced the third one, which said title Hell on Earth. Um. He only produced Katie Man. I didn't know that. I thought he also wrote it, but that makes more sense that he just produced. Um, but he also produced Hellraiser Bloodline, which I know is a cop one because um, Jess says, but also one of the 2022 ones, he is a producer. That seems the one with Miss Clayton, if you're nasty. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, it is. He produced the one with Miss Clayton. Yes, 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 Queen. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited for that. I'm excited for sure. It's supposedly coming to Hulu this year. But I feel like I've been hearing that about that movie forever, so... Listen, I just want it. I, I, I just want it. I don't even care anymore. Um, I I want to be shown these great heights. <laughs> I want them now. Um, but if it's on Hulu, maybe we should make an episode about that, because I want to be where Miss Clayton is. Oh, same. Forever and always. Like, I, I stand. I stand. She's always the best part. Um, like, she was one of my three faves in Sense8. Um, the other one was, oh, I forgot her name. Is it Beyduna? Am I saying it right? Am I saying it wrong? Is it even her name? Let me Google real quick. Beyduna, yes. Because um, Beyduna is also the best part of whatever she's doing. So you put them together. It was magic. And I wish they had more scenes together. Right. But Sense8 is no more. So we'll never have that. Yeah, and Jamie Clayton popped up at something else I was watching recently that, that I wasn't expecting her to. I was like, oh, hey, it's you. She is everywhere. Um, she I is. follow her, and so sometimes I know before I get surprised, but sometimes I don't. Because like also, she's like, bitches, I got to keep it a secret. I'm an actor. Fuck y'all. And I'm like, get it. Um, <laughs> get you some. Get it. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm just, I'm always here for her. Even if I don't like the project, I, I, I want her to have better when I don't like the project. I'm never like, oh no, she's bringing it down. Um, <laughs> and I was really mad that people were people when she was cast in Hellraiser because the internet was definitely like, let's be transphobic. Yeah. Yeah, as usual. And they were, and they were also like, Pinhead can't be a woman. And I was like, Pinhead doesn't have a gender. Pinhead is non-binary, you dumbass. This Pinhead was played by a man in the original because we always default to white men. Um, so, yeah. I think it's going to be sexier to have uh, <laughs> Miss Clayton as Pinhead. Um, I also saw the photos because she was like very sharing um, of the behind-the-scenes makeup magic because if you're in that seat for those many hours, of course you're going to record some shit. Right, and she looks good. I'm like, I wish I looked that good on my best day, cause my bra can only do me so many favors, but the rest <laughs> is just like left <laughs> to rot for me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was here for her. 
Um, and I'm excited to see what she does with the role. I think that it's going to be my favorite pinhead. No pressure if you're listening, which I know you're not, but no pressure, but you're going to be my favorite pinhead. So please, 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 please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we know you're already done filming, so there's not much you can do about it now, but. <laughs> right. But if you could turn back time. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel bad for the other pinhead that's going to happen in this. I, I think it's a series we're going to get also. Um, I feel bad for that pinhead because, like, can you imagine having to be a pinhead <laughs> in the same year of our Lord, Jamie Clayton? Right. I would just suck. I would be like, I thought I had a moment and y'all did this to me, you bitches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can we hold mine? Can we hold mine till next year? Hold it one more time. Yeah, I'm um, wondering is Jamie Clayton tell right? Is it going to be. A sequel, a remake, a requel. What are we doing here? I'm confused. We never know anymore. Um, we are just here with movies dropping with the same title as the originals. And we <laughs> show up and we get what we get. And that's all that we get. <laughs> and we are <Yeah>. welcome. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Yeah. All right. So now that we're done being a Jamie Clayton stand account. Um <laughs> Jamie Clayton, if you're listening, come on the show. We'd love to have you. Listen, listen. I would cry. <laughs> I would cry. I wouldn't be able to verbalize words. I'd just be like, you're so pretty and talented. Will you be my friend? Um, and she would be like, what have I done? Why am I here? Who are you? <laughs> I'm too famous for this. Um, <laughs> for real. <sighs> Yeah, but that's all we know about um, Hellraiser. Like any other franchise we cover, if y'all want more of this franchise, you should let us know because we don't know what you want to hear more about. So we just keep living and do what we do. But if you are ever... Listen, listen. If you ever hear us in a franchise and you're like, I want you bitches to carry on my wayward sons, you need to say something because we again we don't know so we're just like moving and grooving and y'all are like i wanted to know where that was going to go with the next one uh, we can't read your mind we are two drunk people on the internet we're not reading minds right exactly but yeah with that being said should we get into our hot takes i think we could roll into our hot takes we got a little bit of, we got a little hot takes yeah 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 let's do it yeah my hot take i hate because i had seen this movie before but my memory of this film was so stuck on the gore that I didn't remember the story or like the characters. And this time rewatching, I, while the gore is fantastic and super effective, I was impressed even more about the plot and the storytelling. And I thought, you know, well, like I said earlier, I do think there are some flaws. Like I do wish. Kirstie would have been more in the early uh, earlier parts of the film. But I also understand that they felt like they needed to focus on Julian Frank. And I get that, and I like it a lot. And so I think the storytelling in this film is under, uh, underrated just due to the fact that people only ever talk about the gore. Um, and while the gore is fantastic, I think the storytelling is even better. I only ever hear about the Cinnabites, so that is definitely a hot take for me. Because, like, I, again, I thought this movie was going to be Cenobite heavy and they were barely there. And I was like, um, do y'all not know the audience? I came to see Great Heights. I came to see these leather clad people and beans do some leather clad people and beans shit. Where's the thought shit? I want it. 
Um, so that's definitely a hot take. Cause I was like, oh yeah, I guess maybe people talk about the core. I don't know what people talk about anymore. I've been drinking salads for two days. I don't have a stove. I don't have a stove. <laughs> Which I can't cook, so maybe it's for the best. But still, I can't even <laughs> pretend to make food anymore. Um, yes. Yeah. My hot take is Kirstie is such an underrated final girl. Um, the bitch has fight in her, and she showed those Cenobites mm. to his boss. Because, like, to be fair, Julia triggered the Cenobites. Because, like, I was telling Bobby and Girl That Scary last year, we watched this on Clubhouse together with Jamie and everybody. The Cenobites are like Geminis. If you don't send for them, they don't come for you. And I respect that energy as a Gemini. Um, <laughs> but like Julia sent for these bitches and Kirstie had to put them down. And I wish that she got some respect because she's always a doubt when we talk about final girls. We talk about Lori Strode. We talk about Sydney Prescott. We talk about um, so many other people. We even like sometimes pull in Ripley from Aliens depending on who the <laughs> awful men are in the conversation. But we don't talk about Kirstie. And I... I don't find a girl that's about it. I love it when they show up and they're like, you know what? This box didn't matter to you, so let's throw it out the window. Um, you can't have it. Now what? Come at me. <laughs> exactly. I, I agree, though. I think, and I think the re I think the reason why she is underrated is goes back to what I was saying earlier about her needing to be more involved in the first part of the film. I think if she had been given some more screen time, she would have been there, or she would be considered. She would be talked about a lot more than she is. But no, even with, even with what we have, she still needs to be talked about more. One hundred percent, because the bitch shows up in a way that a lot of our favorites don't. Because a lot of our favorites take a minute, and they're like, "Oh no, I'm not a fighter," and then you have to have their like director yell at them at college. Um, whereas Christy is just like, "Bitch, you in my mama's house? Oh, I'm sorry, you in my daddy's house with my evil stepmom running around like Cruella Deville." Fuck your box. Find me in the streets. And I'm here for that energy. And it makes me wonder who else are underrated final girls and why we don't celebrate them. And that might be a whole side topic we have to have. Maybe on the Patreon, maybe on the main feed someday soon. Perhaps, perhaps. Um, and something else I want to point out about Christy, too, is that she, because she has a love interest in this film. He's barely in it, but she does have one. Kirstie don't need no man. Kirstie don't need no, no man. she doesn't. <laughs> Because in the end, when he shows up to like quote unquote help her, save her, whatever, he's like hovering in a corner, scared of the of the uh, of the semen scorpion, and <laughs> she is the one that closes the box and, and sends everything back to back, back to normal. Not him. She's not saved by a man. No, which is another thing I love about her because so many of our final girls that we live and die for are definitely being handled by men. Um, we love Halloween. We love Laurie Stroh. We love Jamie Lee Curtis. How many times did Dr. Loomis have to save her or try and save her and then use her for bait? Or however you want to look at it. Right. Um, how many times is Dewey getting stabbed so like Sydney and Gail can escape? Right. <laughs> um, exactly. And so... I, I, again, I'm not saying that like our final girls are faulty. I'm just saying that we have a final girl who is on her own and like thinking quickly. Like she is, she is, Kirstie is a Buffy if she had no superpowers. And those episodes are Buffy because they always had to do that a couple of seasons. Um, or in those episodes are Buffy has no powers. That's Kirstie being like, how can I get out of this and save myself and maybe my dad? Right. Um, and she says herself, her dad is gone. Frank's brain to took him. her out. Right. Frank's brain to... took him out. Um, 
She tried that. She did, and I respect that. She's a boss, and we need to put some respect on Kirstie's name. Agreed, 100%. She yeah. is definitely in my top final girls now that I've rewatched this movie. So, yeah. I'm glad. Thank you, Wheel, for letting Thanks. us revisit this. Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, that is our thoughts on Hellraiser, on Clive Barker, on Clive, uh, what was the one I called him earlier? <laughs> Clive Davis. <laughs> Clive Davis. Uh, Kirsty, Julia, slimy people, uh, vagina necks. Cinebites, Gemini's. <laughs> vagina necks. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to get some chin-ups right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so next week, we're going to cover the very um, apt film for this month in this country, um, American Psycho. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say it now to people who tune in later will already know. Christian Bell can get it. Christian Bell can get it. Um, I know that he has a record and we will probably talk about that, but like he can get it. Um... <laughs> I mean, yeah, he might murder me afterwards, but at least I die happy. Listen, listen, I've done a lot worse for a lot less. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna just say, all right, all right, all right. Um, but, <laughs> um, but um, that's gonna continue our month of surprise. And by month, I mean a whole fucking summer. I can't count, I've been drinking salads. Um, we're gonna do a whole summer of surprise where a wheel tells us what we're covering. So there is no rhyme or no reason. We 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 put some suggestions on a wheel and a wheel says this one, this one, this one, this one, bitch. And then we go and record it real quick. Um, and sometimes we're coherent. <laughs> sometimes we are not. There you go. All right, y'all. Thank you again so much for listening. And as always, make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye.